Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. It's your boy, Marcel Swally. That's how I used to get ready for them kickoffs. Run down, R5, Wally. Get him. And I do that. I'm not lying. I will leave the planet Earth and go where I'm worth. <laughs> missiles on the field man love for y'all man i'm in that mood today so let's just go where we going and start off our show like we always do what's up with that dude well what's up with me is what's up with you who gonna win that friday swag away huh i'm asking you like raise your hand in the comments maybe i'll switch it up it's gonna be a member but raise your damn hand who gonna get this book right here you know what it is never shut up man Yesterday, bruh, had a good meeting. It's coming to y'all, and I want you guys to support it. We're doing some PB&J. Who doesn't like PB&J? My favorite sandwich is PB&J. What's yours? No, I can't lie. A fried salami sandwich, when it start bubbling up, start to turn into that big old volcano with the grease and some mustard. Oh, that's crispy, too. I uh, like a BLT, too. Um, I can't lie. But PB&J... Uh, probably my most reliable one. I go there all the time. Well, I'm talking about pickleball and jam. Y'all know me. I love me some pickleball and I'm about to do some events nationwide starting in my backyard in the hood where we're going to do some PB&J events. So I want you guys to be on the lookout for that. Had some sponsorship calls yesterday. We moving that forward. Looking exciting. So pro-am, celebrities, just, hey, friends, family, kids, everybody trying to do it for the community and run it all through my foundation, obviously, to help those at-risk youth. So be on the lookout for PB&J and don't try to eat it. Try to play it, right? Other than that, yesterday I had a little cub and papa bear time. You know I love that. Me and my little MJ, my biscuit. So we went to the movies yesterday. And tell me, y'all, when you hear this story, am I a, a cool dad or am I a bad dad? Because I took him to see Meg too. 
Y'all ever see Meg one? <laughs> I ain't, I ain't see Meg one, me either. But I see Meg two now. And uh, let's just say I knew it was gonna be a little dicey, like on the edge for an almost eight year old. But I was like, dog, you know how it is. He knows curse words. He tells me the curse words. I don't know if he uses them at school, but he certainly hasn't gotten in trouble for them. But he comes home and he's like. Dad, what does this mean? Like right now, he's like, Daddy, what's the middle finger mean? And I tell him, and he's like, oh, all right. I said, don't use it. You know, I said, in this world, there are too many good things you can do and only a few bad things. So why do the things that you can do fewer of, right? That's the way I explain good and bad. I was like, dog, you do something bad, it's like nine things in this world you shouldn't do. Don't do those. There's a million things you can do that are good. Why not just do those? I know it feels good to do those nine, but those millions where we should be. Well, anyway, you tell me. We went into Meg 2, and I'm sitting there, and I'm on edge. You know, we got our popcorn, three hot dogs, two are his. I love it. Little beast. He's like, Dad, let me get three. I said, nah, you ain't going to eat three. He would have ate three. Got him two. I got one. I got my M&M peanuts. We got the big lemonade we sharing, the big popcorn we sharing. And I'm sitting there, and it's preview time, and I forgot. I was like, all right, so Meg 2 is PG-13. He only seven, going to be eight this weekend. I'm already doing too much. But I'm like, PG-13 is still soft. He done, he done been around his aunties, and he done been around his grandparents before. He, he, done, he done heard some stuff. So I'm like, all right, we good. And then the previews come on, and the first one was the equalizer. I was like, oh, God, Denzel chill, dog. <laughs> it was rated R. Next one was rated R. They had some haunted movies, some, some nuns or something rated R. I was like, the movie ain't even rated R. Why y'all taking me farther? So that should be illegal. I don't know. Y'all writers don't strike and actors don't strike. When y'all bring y'all asses back, um, y'all need to fix that. I'm at a PG-13 movie watching rated R previews. That ain't right, right? So I'm doing this to my son. Not really. I'm just laughing, kind of looking like, but I saw Eddie Murphy delirious when I was like seven, eight, something like that. So welcome to the family, right? So we went through the movie. I liked the movie. Um, I could say close to love it. I mean, it's a good movie. Go check it out for sure. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, they got the cheese. He's not scared at all. I'm like, dog, was you scared? Any of that? And, you know, the big Meg eating somebody's whole body and just chomping off their head. I was like, you good with that? He's just giggling like, daddy, that ain't nothing. You should see what I do at school at recess. So I was like, all right, all good. So tell me, my bad dad or cool dad? Well, let's see if Sean Payton going to be a good coach still or a bad coach in Denver. Because Sean Payton, man, he came out with these four rules. One, two, three, four rules on the Broncos players for the NFL preseason. Now, I got to address the NFL preseason for y'all who have not played in the NFL during the preseason, <laughs> which is most of y'all, right? It is a tough place because... It's almost like you're hitting the gas and the brakes at the same time. If you're a player, you're like, all right, I got to go out there. I got to sharpen my knife, right? You know, I got to get ready for the preseason slash regular season and training camp already got it under my belt. We going through those reps. Then it's like, ah, I got to hit the gas to get ready, get right. Cause nothing gets you in shape for football, but football, however, I gotta hit the brakes too, cause this shit don't count. <laughs> like this ain't it, dog. Like, do not be a preseason All-American. Like, for what? It ain't gonna matter. I remember I've had preseasons where I got zero sacks. Ended up the year with double digits. Then I also had preseasons where I got a gang of sacks. Didn't get none like that in the regular season. So don't be no preseason All-American. It doesn't count. So 
It matters, though, as Mark Schlereff always says. It doesn't count, but it matters, right? So you got to hit the gas enough to get yourself right. But not so much that you burn the engine, and not so much that when you hit the brakes that you still can't come to an idle stop. So Sean Payton knows this. You know, he's a Super Bowl champion coach. And Sean Payton was like, all right, I'm in a team right now, in a culture right now, that needs some resetting. They weren't good last year. We all know it. Russell Wilson wasn't his best last year. We all know it. You could blame Hackett. You could blame Wilson. You could blame whatever injuries. Whatever it was, it didn't add up. So now, when you have a Super Bowl winning head coach in town, first thing he going to do is let you know, oh, it's a new sheriff, and he got a shiny badge. He going to lay down some new laws, not reinforce the old laws, Cause that's the old way and the old way got y'all asses out and not even making the playoffs, right? Got y'all looking horrible. Sorry. So we going to change this. So the new way is going to be these four rules in the preseason. What are they want? Players must take off their uniforms after they're done playing Two, They are not allowed to wear sunglasses. Three, Bucket hats, or as Peyton called them, Gilligan hats, <laughs> and Skipper too, are strictly forbidden. And last, players, regardless of status, are not allowed to take interviews during the game. Now, a lot of people who already responded to this was like, man, those are draconian rules. What does it matter? How does it matter? Who cares, right? Let's get through that. I'm going to tell you why it does matter. Now. There could be a good spicy preseason storyline that Russell Wilson, you know, he about to have another baby with Sierra. So this is number three with Sierra. Number four overall, you count future, which is the past, right? Her ex. Y'all caught that. All right. So that's four for them coming up. Congratulations. But you know, they superstars. So it's going to be hard to NBC just sitting there with Michelle Tofoya or something like um, Russell. You know what I mean? Like, and this is how they do it. Cause they got the sideline pass. They'd be behind you like, like, you, I'm a, I'm a, oh, look at, you know, you got your phone under your, <laughs> under your uniform. Caster did everything. We don't have food, phones. Don't get me started. All right. Anyway. So they like, you going to act like that. All right. And he like, dog, oh, Peyton tripping dog came through that. Sorry. Peyton tripping. All right. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And it'd be interesting to see if a player took off his uniform and in protest, I don't know, had something under his uniform that was screaming out something crazy. Like, uh, you know, Sean Payton has done before, <laughs> like open up his shirt. Remember he hit the Superman on Roger Goodell? That was pretty interesting with the clown shirt back in 2019. All right, so just the thing is, are you going to get 100% buy-in? Gilligan hats, that's easy. Ain't nobody going to go wear, wear the Gilligan hat. That ain't that serious. EPMD ain't on your team. <laughs> you imagine E-double to the PMD. He drive a Corvette, I drive a Samara Suzuki. They ain't on your squad, so you ain't got to worry about the fisherman hats, right? Um, let's talk about the interviews. You doing cats a favor. They do not. When you're playing the game, the last thing you want to do is stop breathing hard or have to get composed enough to actually put your words together. Like you're like, man, you don't want to do an interview. You want to shine, but now these cats got social media. They know they got 20 cameras on their team and personnel filming everything they do. I'm going to get my shine. I don't need that. So that's two. You ain't got to worry about coach. We good. Not wearing sunglasses, eh, a little bit of a pinch. Come on, coach, let me stunt. My ninth year in the league, let me be me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're only doing it because you're peacocking. You're doing it because you're the man. You're like, man, yeah, I'm watching, fool. Like, yeah, I'm watching, whatever. But still, that ain't that hard. You ain't got to wear sunglasses, right? 
Now, taking off their uniforms after they're done playing. Must take off their uniforms. Ah, all right. I mean, you can do me a favor, kind of. Like, all right, take it off. But at the same time, that's work. Y'all ever see how we get those uniforms on? The dude who gets paid to do that, the trainer, he need a raise. <laughs> okay. Woo! He told, all right, he's like, all right, put your hands. So you got to start like this. And then you got to slide your hands through. And then when you slide your hands through, they got to go in those little tight slots right there where your sleeves are. And then it's just so tight. It's taped, double-sided tape, like gorilla tape. And it's just like this, right? And then it's like, put it over. It's like, yeah. And then it's like, slop. And it just grabs your ears and just flops them, almost rips them off. Like, ah. And, you go, and then you put them on your Oh, and you, it's like you just got born or something. You just came out placenta or something. Like, ah, and then you're sitting there like, yeah, let's go. Let's go, coach. Let's go. And now he's saying, take that off. You're like, what? <laughs> that might be the issue right there. But let me just tell you about this change in culture and why these measures are necessary. Even though they're cosmetic, they matter. Because a lot of times the cosmetics really are internalized to the character. Look at the military, right? I've never been in the military. My uncles were, right? And there's something about the military and the fact that your bed better be nice and neat and properly tucked, right? Your uniform got to be sharp and not wrinkled, right? And everything has to be uniform. And just think about it. What does the NFL promote more than anything? I know y'all don't know this answer, but I learned this answer because I was a player rep for nine of my 10 years. The NBA they try to promote individuality stars right you know what the nfl promotes uniformity no one knew that huh uniformity that's why they have uniform violations they're really trying to go lean into the whole military angle of we want everyone in cosmetics to appear the same. You're all for the same team. You guys are all supporting the same thing. You guys are all together on one cause, one mission. And that's your team. And that's your look. So what Sean Payton is trying to do is kind of tap into that. He's like, all right, I know this is just some little elementary cosmetics, but I want you guys to understand how deeper this message really is. So, it's like anything. If you act raggedy, if I go to your house and your house a mess and you sitting there just chilling, guess what? At my house, I usually put stuff up. I grab the glass when I'm finished drinking and put it in the sink. But I'm at your house and look at this. <laughs> Man, forget it. I'm just going to lay it here too and get up. But when you come to my house and you look, take your shoes off. Oh, okay. You got the itty bitties around. I get it. Then you see me. Everything's nice. Put it where it's supposed to be. Put it in the sink. Guess what you're going to be inclined to do? All right, Dom, put it in the sink, right? That's what it is because that's the culture. And culture is what's rewarded. What Sean Payton want rewarded now in his new culture is the fine details paid attention to. It's the attention to those details, right? Even though they seem minor. Y'all don't get it? Okay. Let me give y'all y'all best example. At the club, right? Got to go to the club. Remember when the clubs all switched it up and started putting dress codes? <laughs> no shorts, no tennis shoes. And you know what? By the numbers, they got safer. Let me just say that. Not more fun, but safer. When cats had to wear their hard bottoms and they cross cords, they were like, man, damn, damn, homie, for real. I'm here in the button up, just going to, but you didn't want to scrap. Even if you had a fight, you didn't want to scrap. You got on t-shirt, shorts, 
and some Air Force Ones, you don't want to fight in them shoes either. But you down to throw some things because you're like, yo, you feel like an athlete. And you walking in there feeling like Floyd. You ready to fight somebody. So point being, man, all these small changes usually have big results. If you can have your whole team buy into the little things, that's how you do it big. So in a world where every player in the preseason has a mindset of hurry up and finish, like hurry up and go out there, play ball, come out healthy, sharpen my sword, and be unscathed, you got to do some things that work on success. And the success is in those small things, in those details. So what do y'all think of Peyton's four new rules that he imposed on the players? A lot of people say they're draconian, dumb, silly. I see where he's going with it. You got to alter things. If not, guess what? You're sitting there now being insane because you expect a different result doing the same things. Nah, these 2023 Denver Broncos going to do it different. Let's see if the results are different. So you agree with this article? You agree with what I'm saying about the take on the four new rules? Are you like, nah, man, little things like that, don't do it. You shouldn't change it up. Let's go at it in the comments. We talk that through it. Over here goggling. <laughs> it's your boy, Marcellus Wiley, man. Love for you guys, YouTube members. Wiley's world right here, right here. Oh, it's going down. Who's going to get the book this way on Friday? Swag away. We're going to hook you up. But right now, let's talk about Colin Coward. Got caught slipping. All right. Had an interesting collection of quarterbacks, 20 quarterbacks who cannot win a Super Bowl. I'm going to say it again. 20 quarterbacks who cannot win a Super Bowl is what he intended to do and say. However, his latest quarterback take um, on the opening monologue of his show to her um, went through a different path than just that, right? Several categories, and they finished with 20 guys who are not getting to a Super Bowl and certainly not winning it. All right, that's where we're trying to go. Now, on this list, let me just give it to you. Coward included several current NFL starting quarterbacks, bling, but also some players who've been out of the league for years. Hmm. What they doing on that list? What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> so one of the three players he specifically mentioned when he was talking about the graphic, which was actually in t improperly headlined, 20 quarterbacks who can win a Super Bowl, right? So imagine you're watching it and you're like, all right, he's telling me who can't win a Super Bowl, but I'm seeing a list that says who can all right, whatever, mistake, can and can't, just one letter and a little apostrophe, right? I ain't tripping. All right, but then you're looking, you're like, wait a minute. It said Dwayne Haskins up there, who we all know, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins passed away in 2022 after being fatally struck by a vehicle. Okay, now, stopping right there. Um, Raise your hand if you've ever discussed somebody and was like, what? They're gone? Okay, I have. Um, Tony Siragusa. I, it literally slipped my mind that Tony Siragusa is not with us. Literally. Like, I saw a, a campaign for him recently. I was like, campaign for... Oh, yeah. But I'm not on air. I'm not doing this show. I'm not prepped for that moment like Colin's supposed to be. Point being, raise your hand if you've been there before. I have at least. All right, so then we go past that. And then it was a third category, 20 guys who are not getting to a Super Bowl and certainly not winning it from Baker Mayfield, Teddy Bridgewater, Dwayne Haskins. Guys are just not yet. It says can win Super Bowls. It's can't. 
He's trying to clarify it. Can't win Super Bowls. So six stars, four high-end starters, and 20 guys that can't win a Super Bowl. Fine. All right. But then you look deeper into the list. You're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Some weird choices on this list. Three quarterbacks who've been out of the league for years. Why you got EJ Manuel up there? I know he out the league. I be on this gram all the time just giving them some likes. That's my dog. Right? Last time we saw him in the league, it was 2019, before COVID. And only in the offseason. And last played in the league in 2017, before before COVID. <laughs> okay. Johnny Manziel, what just happened? Who last played in the NFL in 2015? Who has now got Netflix documentaries telling you he ain't about to play no football no more? And Paxton Lynch, who last played in the NFL in 2019. Okay, so the list also included Carson Wentz, who did actually win a Super Bowl with the Eagles. We get it. And quite interesting, they switched it. So you know Colin in the third hour, the first hour, the third hour, they repeat and they replay a lot of the, the segments, the elements, the monologue. It still showed the same graphic, <laughs> but it cut out Coward's mention of Haskins. I guess that's your admission of oops, but they don't come out and admit oops. They just go on and correct it, right? So it's just a weird, bizarre collection of quarterbacks that we saw there. And then <laughs> the craziest thing was a lot of people were attributing this to like the whole philosophy that's going on in media right now where they're saying it's better to be interesting than correct, right? So that's what caught my attention about this. All right, we all know Ron Burgundy just reading whatever's on prompter. And I've been there before too. Have you ever done prompter? You talk a lot. You talk a lot. Sooner or later, you're going to say something that's almost going to seem mindless, especially if you're reading a prompter. You're like, hello, welcome to today's show. I am Marcellus Wiley. Now, they could put in there, hello, welcome to today's show. I'm Marcus Voigt. Marcus Voigt, who's that? You're like, why are you reading? You know you ain't Marcus Voigt, <laughs> right? You can just get caught up in it. I have been there before. I have said it was sunshine and it was raining. <laughs> like, just reading the prompter, you get mindless. But, Let's talk about how this happened to Colin. You know, he is doing the herd and he's doing the volume. That's a whole lot of, a whole lot of, and you know, those two don't mix on Fox, right? Don't but you be promoting. Don't promote that volume over here on the herd. Y'all notice he can't do that unless it's a real news story. And then he got to keep it real vanilla. Yeah, that was on the volume. <laughs> you know what I mean? He can't go all in. I told y'all that story before, but long story short, uh, Colin is a competitor to where he works. So y'all thought Sage Steele was doing something, suing where she works. Well, Colin's like, yo, I'm going to have my own network and work where I work. Now what? <laughs> oh, my God, dang. That boy got power, all right? So he's getting pulled in all types of di different directions. We get it. He busy. That means you got to trust and delegate a lot of people in your circle. You got to trust them. And they failed them. In this moment, they failed them. 99.9% .9 of the time, they do the right thing. But in this moment, they failed them. Why didn't they switch the graphic? Why didn't they change the graphic from hour one to hour three? Let me tell y'all. You know why? Because it takes forever for them to do them damn graphics. I don't know. I've never done a graphic. But every time I've been on a show, and I was like, yo, that's wrong. Can we change that? Um, you hear them. <laughs> you hear them. They talk to you through your earpiece. Um... And I know what um mean. Hell no, nah, but you're trying to say it nicely. I'm like, hello, can you change the graphic? That shouldn't say a thousand yards. He only had 800. Well, <laughs> um, and I was like, all right. So Colin probably caught it, but still was like, whatever. And Colin, not too big to fail, but just like, 
I'm a, I'm a believer that when I mess up, I'm going to address I messed up. But a lot of guys don't believe that. And I've worked with a lot of guys. You're like, no, don't, don't, don't bring that up. Don't mention that. Like, you know, we go to break. I was like, dog, he didn't average no damn 4.2 yards of carry. He averaged 2.4. That's why he's sorry. Oh, I said 4.2? I was like, yeah, go on, change that. Nah, 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 don't bring it up. Well, all right. I ain't going to do your work for you. So that's how it goes. So is it offensive or is it oops-insive? You know what I mean? Like, oops-insive. <laughs> Not offensive. Because some people are really offended. I caught this. I was like, what are y'all mad at? Oh, I mean, yeah, the Dwayne Haskins thing obviously can come off as insensitive, but you know damn well he didn't sit there and was like, oh, yeah, he died, put him on the list, or he didn't check the list beforehand, which probably is enlightening to a lot of you guys. The prep for these roles, it's not exhaustive. They prep, 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 but you can't cover it all, don't lie. Matter of fact, you don't even cover every game that you, you actually talk about. There have been times you, on the air, I'll talk for me because I don't want to get these cats in trouble because they still over here lining, y'all. Um, they talking about a game they ain't watched. I know I've done that a thousand times. What? I ain't watched that game. I saw them highlights. I read these articles. I know where these websites are. I put it all together. That ain't hard to do. I hope y'all do it too because if not, y'all ain't got no wives and kids. <laughs> you have no life. You have no family. If you watch 16 NFL games, well, 15 with a bye. 15 NFL games and then got to work the next day. Oh, I'm ready. Stop playing. So when you watch these guys and they breaking down all these games, you're like, damn, how they know all that? And that's one thing I get a lot of those questions. How y'all sound so smart on so many subjects? Well, you have a great staff that does 99.9% of the prep for you in terms of research and bringing it up. You just got to go out there, articulate it, bring your experiences, especially if you're a former player, and then you let it flow, right? You add the research, you add the pertinent details with your experiences and some story and a little charisma, and voila, that is life. That's how they get it done. But on this one, the foundation wasn't there. They lost their premise because this was some faulty research. Just that simple. So are y'all a fan of that? Like some people thought it was intentional. Like y'all fans, because it gets you buzzed. We ain't talking about this if he nailed the damn thing, which is crazy, right? If he nailed the screen, it ain't that interesting. It's just like, all right, he thinks that, he thinks that. So tell me, are you guys fans of this whole new era of being interesting, not correct? Or you don't like that? You're like, nah, dog, don't do me like that. Don't falsify over here. So, and do who you think's to blame for this? Is it Colin? You blaming Colin? Because, hey, Colin, you're supposed to be looking at that dog. I don't give a damn what they hand you. You're supposed to know what it is. Or is it a staff? Like, I would raise my hand and say, hey, staff, you do an amazing job. Amazing doesn't mean perfect. That means this time you dropped the ball. Or do you think it was intentional? Like, we both dropped the ball on purpose because that's how we pop off now. That's the way the game goes. Got this book right here, best-selling book right here. Marcellus Wiley never shut up for a Friday Swaggerway member on Wiley's World, somebody gonna get that book, and somebody gonna get that belt. Eric B. Enemy, <laughs> probably getting me number one. Show him, show him, show him what you got. He over there, woo, tongue lashing out there with his intensity, right? And that's what the players are saying. Some of them really concerned by his intensity, complaining about his intensity. All right, let's go through this. Let y'all know what's crack a lack and macking over there. So we know who he is, Eric B. Enemy, number one assistant head coach and offensive coordinator for the Washington, whatever you want to call him tomorrow, because it's changing today, <laughs> commanders, right? And he says he's not about to change his approach. He said, quote, now Eric B. Enemy be talking. 
And Eric B. Enemy talking like he ain't Eric B. Enemy sometimes. I'll be like, dog, you talking about yourself. Listen to this. He said, I'm always going to be loud. Always going to be vocal. I should say like Martin Luther King. That's how he sounds. I'm always going to be loud. Always going to be vocal. Always going to demand for my leaders. Ah, he broke that down, right? Adding, he knows what would happen if he altered his belief. If I ain't doing my job, my ass gets fired. Facts. It's my job and my responsibility to make sure I'm getting our guys to do what I'm expecting them to do. Can't be mad at that, right? Now, that's not the problem. The problem is, what are you doing that you may or may not get fired for? That's what these players are talking about. But let's continue to build this argument and conversation up. So he joined the staff with a reputation of being intense. So you know what you're getting. At least the coaching staff did. We hired Airbnb. Guess what? He coming in here hot. Hot 100. That's how he goes, right? And it's just that simple. He's an intense, demanding coach. His approach has been evident during the spring and summer practices, they said. If you go to those practices, they say you can hear him over every other coach. And he's correct in cats, and he's praising cats, right? He's over there doing his job criticizing, and he's doing his job to uplift, right? And he replaced Scott Turner, who's obviously, compared to the enemy, much more low-key, but more low-key than most. And he was fired after three seasons. So now you got players complaining about the offense. Well, what they're also responding to is, wait a minute, how we hit this 180 like this? Like, we went from soft to hard like that? And that is a changeup, especially when you know we're all going to play the game. So which way and which approach is best to get us in the best position to play the game? Soft approaches are not bad if you get the good results. Hard approaches are not bad if you get good results. But right now, we have no results. Our record is O and O with Eric B. Enemy as our assistant head coach slash OC. So since we don't know these results, why are we doing it the hard way? That's part one of this problem. Okay, so he ain't wavering his intensity, especially when he heard about it. He says, uh, every running back going to hear the same thing. Finish. Oh, every running back coach in the world. High school on the finish. <laughs> like, dog, ain't nobody out here. I'm jogging right now. I'm saving these hamstrings for the game. I'm getting 30 touches in the game, bro. Finish. <laughs> like, golly. Finish. Oh, man, I used to play running back. I used to hear it all the time. Like, yeah, but you do need to get that gear just to keep the engine revving and knowing what you're supposed to do in instinct. I give him that. But damn, coach, want me to run 40s every time I get the ball on air? Yes, he does, right? He wanted them to get in and out the huddle, get in and out the huddle fast. Every coach, right, demanded the offense get there quicker and get off the field quicker. All these things are just, I, hey, I coach the same way without the barking probably, but I coach the same way. Hey, man. When, this ain't PE. I always tell the kids, this ain't PE. You don't get credit for just showing up. Work. Move. If I say go get the ball, run to get the ball. Don't be walking to get the ball. Soon you cross the white lines. Vroom, 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 vroom. Rev that engine. So he says this. This is when I know, Woo! he about that life. He says, I want our guys to clearly understand we don't take anything for granted. You see me pull players and have long discussions with them, so we're always on the same page. Eric B. Enemy is who he is. <laughs> Eric B. Enemy knows how to adapt and adjust. Eric B. Enemy is a tough, hard-nosed coach, but also understand I'm going to be the biggest and harshest critic, but also their number one fan. I got their back all the time. Damn, that's hilarious. Eric B. Enemy, 
Welcome to Eric B. Enemy. Eric B. Enemy, meet Eric B. Enemy. <laughs> oh, I do it sometimes too. I've caught myself a time or two saying Marcellus White. I'm like, what? And I think it always comes from everybody always saying your name, but maybe we just some cocky suckers. I don't know, right? So it's interesting that they over there testing them right now, and Ron Rivera had to get into it. And he says, look, as a coach, I have to assimilate and get a feel for everybody. Eric has an approach, and it's the way he does things, and it's not going to change because he believes in it. Jack Del Rio, my former head coach, who's a D coordinator there, has his approach. Having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it. This is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff. Eric hasn't had that experience yet, right? So basically, he's saying, look, you delegate a lot more. Uh, you sit there. You're more of an ambassador. Uh, you're a little more empathetic. You're a little, a little more reserved when you're the head coach, right? Because you're looking at it all. But when you're assistant head coach or position coach or offensive coordinator, you're a little more direct with yours because it's like, I ain't got to look out for everybody. I ain't got to care about all that. So that is an interesting take right there. But then we got Tyreek Hill who chimed in. Tyreek Hill said, man, there's no other coach that has your back like EB. Take that coaching to get better. We all been through it. It's tough, but I promise you it will make you better. It will make you better. Well, let me tell you why Eric Bienemy is really like this. <clears throat> One, because he believes in it because it works. It's worked for him. It doesn't work for all, but it's worked for him. His success speaks for itself. What is he going to? Five straight AFC championship games, won two Super Bowls, sitting there. You got Tyreek Hill. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Patrick Mahomes. You got them right here. You got their ear, and it's working. So now you go to Washington that needs that bump, that needs that infusion of confidence and success, and they ain't going to tell you which way is up. You're going to tell them which way is up, right? So that's where we are right now. Ain't nobody going to take the stripes off of him. Nobody going to look at his sleeves and like, man, I got to demote you and you got to lose some of that spirit, some of that, ta that gangster because why are you going to say that? What do you have to stand on? What player there has something to stand on? Ron Rivera can't even stand on it. Ron Rivera hasn't won as a head coach, right? So he hasn't won a Super Bowl as a head coach. So who's going to take him down? There's no Andy Reid in the building to kind of be like, chill, dog. Or I'm a Super Bowl winning head coach myself. My way can work as well. So he got carte blanche. They brought him in to be the enforcer, and he coming in heavy loaded, right? <laughs> it's just that simple. And y'all going to have to deal with it. But also, I don't want to get lost in that these players are soft. I don't want these players to be thought of or deemed like they're different. I played in the NFL for 10 years, and let me just tell you, it wasn't a year that I wasn't sitting there scratching my head, complaining, mad, pissed, irked, especially in training camp. Good Lord. Hot 100. Why are we out here? It's hot. I was just in, I was just in Bora Bora, chilling with my feet up, sipping on one. Now I'm out here with these fools getting beat up, bleeding, cut, bruised, hot, mad, sleeping in a dorm on a damn twin mattress, like <laughs> just, what is going on? What is life, right? Been there before. So let's not act like these players are different than what we are. It's just the difference is it didn't get out. We didn't have outlets. We didn't have that many media. We didn't have social media. We didn't have all that. So now we didn't have a coach who was 
go tell everybody because it wasn't about attention. The currency of attention now is different and of different value than it was back then. So it's a whole different era in terms of everything you're going through. The world's going to know now. But when we played, we went through the same thing. Oh, Hall of Famers on down. Man, damn, coach, I don't want to do that. Come on, man. Oh, this dude be tripping if he say one more word. All of that is from the old school and it's still in the new school. Only difference is there's a new way of expressing that. And that's the world to sit there and the world to see exactly what you're dealing with. So those complaints are real. And now they're going to have to really deal with it. The only way that this changes is that they have success. No, let me start. Let me start. They actually get used to him, which it sounds like they are, or they have success around him. Like this is a defensive led team, right? And then you're like, wait a minute. Our offense ain't doing that well. You over here barking. You know, you can't keep barking if you ain't biting. And that's the only thing. But you shouldn't even root for that. You should just root for you getting used to it. And hopefully some of that Kansas City dust is sprinkled on Washington. So y'all tell me, you think he's going too hard on his players? You think this style of coaching work in today's NFL? You one of those people who believe in old school and new school and they're different players or different medias and forms of expression? And you got a problem with this story making it to the media. I think everybody going to raise their hand about that one. Hell yeah. So, yo, I played through it. I went through it. Y'all players just got to go through it. It's just that simple. About to hook y'all up. Somebody Friday swagger way to book the best selling book. Love that thing right here. But let's get into some comments. Funk up some comments. Yeah. Johnny Manziel. Rise and fall story. Interesting. Just got done watching it. And honestly, what changed everything was the game he beat Bama in Bama. And that's when everything started going sideways. Yeah. Watch what you ask for. It just might get it. <laughs> and then you better respond. Yeah. I mean, look. You went to Heisman as a freshman. You couldn't tell me nothing. I got two phone numbers in the same day as a freshman. I was cocky. Let alone let me win the Heisman. I ain't going to act the same. I was a cock. Dude, I was cocky on purpose. I'm nice. Cocky is a whole different animal for me. That means I know it's going to go down. Now, that doesn't mean I ain't going to be nice through the process. I wasn't mean to anybody. But trust me, I knew I, I, knew I had sway. Now, I don't know what happened to Johnny Manziel, but damn it, you tell a freshman he the best player in college football? What y'all expect him to do? Show up to school? <laughs> All right, here we go. Another one. We got a member, Dwayne Rhodes. He needed some real friends. You ain't lying. My friend would have not gave two fucks. They would have cracked jokes on that nose, say my head or ego is as big as my nose, the dozens. Yeah, he do got some no <laughs> them nostrils, the Nostradamus over there. I would have been cracking on his little butt too. Like, I don't give a damn, like for real. I love the fact that you my boy and you won the Heisman. But if you think that's currency with me, you tripping. Like I ain't trying to ride your coattails like that. Like dog, you better calm down talking to me like that. You won the Heisman, that's on the field. Right now we right here in the dorm. We can handle that. You ain't the best in the dorm, dog. <laughs> you just the best on the field. Yeah, you need some real ones around them. Uh, people they grow up with a silver spoon handle life differently. Oh, here we go. They may be humble or an arrogant fault. It's a roll of the dice. It got snake eyes, but he has 50 million to fall back on or his folks. No, nothing like a parachute to land in a foam pit. <laughs> I was about to attack you, but I like how you ended that. Nothing like a parachute to land in a foam pit. Can we dispel one thing? This whole narrative that rich kids are worse than poor kids in terms of attitude and acting. Stop lying to yourselves. 
Poor kids kill, do everything criminal more than rich kids. You want to know why? Because it's hell to be poor. I've been poor. I've been rich. Y'all need to stop lying. Success begets success. The rich get richer. The poor get poorer. Most people who are born in the bad stuff stay in bad stuff. Most people born in the good stuff stay in good stuff. Y'all need to stop with this narrative and trying to sound cool and down and trying to poke at people or jealous of rich and mad and down with poor. Cause you know what? You're confusing these kids. You should not tell a kid that it's cool to be down and poor. That kid knows how hard it is. He don't need your pandering. So look, yeah, rich kids got attitude problems. You think poor kids don't? <laughs> you, why I got all these extension cord welts on me growing up? Cause I was a good kid. Like what the hell wrong with you? Man, you better stop playing with me. So I just want y'all to understand, stop lying. I got to Columbia and everybody was lying. All these rich kids trying to act down and cool. Talking about, oh, I ain't spoiled. I was like, you should be. <laughs> I'm trying to get spoiled. Matter of fact, go to MJ right now. That sucker spoiled as hell. We went to the movies yesterday. It was just Tuesday. But guess what? He better not act spoiled. And that's what? He going to get this rich and he going to get this and we were poor. So I don't understand this whole like rich people got it worse than poor people. Y'all be tripping with that one. All right, I'm off my soapbox. All right, here we go. NFL top 100 rankings reaction. I actually would move Kelsey up if this list is really for last year. Man broke records for positions that tight ends don't even play and defensive players don't get no love. Mm. Hear all that, Kelsey. I mean, look, if you told me Kelsey was number two behind Patrick Mahomes, I'd be like, yeah, I watched the games too. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, but he up there. Wiley, I agree with Herbert being slighted when it comes to that top 100 list. Thank you. How can you be considered a top five quarterback, most important position in sports, and not at least be considered a top 20, 25 player? Man, look, I don't look at football like y'all look at football. I don't say, oh my God, look what his team did. Who is he? I look at, who is he? Oh, the team, they good or bad. If Barry Sanders was not on great teams, they had like one NFC championship game appearance, right? He wasn't on great, great teams, even though they had ballers, him, Herman Moore, Oh, uh, Robert Porsche, like stop playing. They had dudes, but it was like, I didn't give a damn. You six and 10. Oh, well, do you see Barry? <laughs> do you see Barry? Barry Sanders ain't top five on the NFL top hundred list because his team ain't doing nothing. So I'm looking at Justin Herbert. Like, why y'all keep telling me about what the Chargers ain't doing this? Imagine the Chargers without Justin Herbert. How about this? What if Justin Herbert played for the Eagles last year? You think they do better? That's a tough one, huh? I ain't even gonna say yes. I'm just want to throw that to y'all. I, I mean, Jalen Hurts killed it last year, but Justin Herbert has had a better career than Jalen Hurts. Just letting y'all know. Overall, he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts had a better year last year, so now we caught up prisoners in a moment. Don't act like that. NFL records, all of them shattered by one dude. Who is that? Herbie. Justin Herbert. All right. Whew. Here we go. Let's get to a member. Four T four and famous. 44 and famous. I like that. I like Sherman move. We got a preview on first take. So I expect some great debates from them too. I'm telling y'all that's going to be fire. Now Sherman doesn't have the personality of Shannon Sharp. I don't think any of us is raising our hand to do that. Shannon just funny dog, but Shannon been funny since Shannon been playing. 
Like Shannon was hilarious when we played. I played against him. Sucker, they'll be talking during the play, talking during the game. Hey, hey, what you doing over there, boy? Boy, I'm like, like, wait a minute, who the hell is this dude? I know he a beast, but he ain't got to be clowning me like that. Shannon always had that gift for gab, so it's no slight to Sherman that he ain't got that personality. Who does? All right, Sherman the undisputed is wild, but also low key genius. I was semi-interested in the show returning before, but now Undisputed just became must-see TV for that first episode at least. Not because Sherman is some great on-air personality, but because of the history between Skip and Sherman. He won't be Shannon Sharp, but it should be fun during football season. Yeah, I told y'all about a month or two ago, I said, if I'm running Fox, and look, I do know the executives still over there. We still talk. Um, they do watch my show. That I do say things that they understand. Because like, oh, I'm risky over here. I say some stuff. Like, I ain't, you know, I ain't over here got Michelob light. <laughs> I got to protect my brand. Like, I'm going to say it. You know what I'm saying? But I told him, I was like, look, if you grab Richard Sherman, Jalen Rose, I like Max, but Max is a real one. And I like Keyshawn, but they ain't for this role. These are the two for this role. Richard Sherman and Jalen Rose and show that Skip ain't petty like that. Immediately, all that Shannon Petty, oh, he became a bigger star and you didn't know how to act and treat him and you got mad at him, so he had to go. Oh, that goes away immediately if you got Jalen Rose and Richard Sherman up in there. Max and Keyshawn don't help that. They just gonna give you a great show. But if those two on the, on the carousel as well, oh, we starting over. Skip the man. And look, we already got one of them. You got Lil Wayne. They might bring Jalen Rose in for the basketball. Then it's a wrap. I'm sure Jalen over there doing that TNT interview, though. He's trying to get that TNT money. All right, I'm super excited for this matchup. As soon as Sherm was, was said as a possibility, that was my go-to. Sherm is smart, knows his football, and articulates super well. Oh, 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 oh. this is going to be must-watch TV. I am not offended when someone says I'm articulate, because a lot of people are not. <laughs> and a lot of them are white, and a lot of them are black. Like, I hate when we, like, own, like, oh, that's offensive. You didn't think I could speak? Well, no, I just think a lot of people can't speak. Like, my wife is scared to speak in public. She getting better now because she better. Her show is big time, so she better get used to it. But she don't like speaking in public. I don't give a damn. I actually feel more comfortable when there are a million people watching or I'm in front of a stadium talking than I do when it's one-on-one. Because when it's one-on-one, I'm just judging your ass. I ain't lying. I'm like, oh, oh. All right, let's get into the Alabama Riverboat Brawl. Let's get into it. That brawl was started by the uh, 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 alcohol, homie. But I'm sure there were racial undertones, especially given it happened in the Deep South. And goes to show no matter how diverse a society we become, when it goes down, every, everyone naturally is going over to their folks' side. That's how I saw it. I did see that drank a part of it, but every time I owned a boat. I had a boat for like three, four years. Went out three times on it. I used my boat for a big-ass Uno tournament. That's... Every week, every week, I would invite everybody over, especially those ladies, and just like, meet me on my boat. I just wanted to say that. Meet me on my boat. And then when they met me on my boat, we sat on my boat. You're like, where are we going? What do you mean where are we going? We ain't going nowhere. We sitting right here. You know how much boat fuel costs? No, I'm just kidding. You know how much a captain costs? All right, so I got some funny boat experiences, seriously. But long story short, we ain't going nowhere. We sitting there right there in my slip and just playing Uno, and I'm just flossing. Just because my daughter's name is on the, on the boat, Maraca Elise, and I'm sitting here bumping sounds, playing Uno 
wasting money. But it was fun. And I won on that boat. And I ain't talking about Uno either. All right, here we go. Uh, I swear, man, that fight was sad but funny as hell. At the same time, petty-ass reason to fight. But that dude swimming over there like that and the guy with the chair swimming it like it was a WWE match <laughs> was mad crazy, man, swinging it. Yeah, I get it. Um, I think it was alcohol, but I can't blame alcohol. Why you can't blame alcohol? Because every time I was on my boat, every time I see people at the boat, they're always drinking. Why this time? Oh, it was either the authority. It was either the fact that it was the authority or it was a black person telling them or it was a black person with authority. There's only three ways, right? Six people don't jump on somebody to tell them to do the right thing. If <laughs> I don't know. Police get pulled over and sometimes they get shot at and all that stuff. So I digress. But six people jumped on one dude who told them the right thing to do and he had the power to tell them. And y'all say it's because they were drunk. You think they ain't owned that pontoon boat for before? You don't think they've been drinking on that pontoon boat before? No, they got there and they ain't want to move. And some reason they ain't want him to tell them. And you saying it's because they were drunk? I think it was a little bit more than that. Let's just say that. Okay, last one. Marcellus, there was one white person who tried to help the black guy getting beat in the beginning. He ended up getting pushed away. He had on a blue shirt. It is my understanding that he knew the security guard and tried to help. Okay, good, because I haven't seen that white guy that tried to help because I made the point like I wanted to see somebody cross the expected lines, whether those were expected racial lines, you know, like oh, I wanted the white person to help a black person. I wanted a black person to help the white people, something just to show me that we progressed since the 60s. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I was like, ain't nobody doing all that because this was not just black and white. This was right and wrong, right? It really started off on some right and wrong, like, dog. They beating this dude up for what? He worked here. He told them the right thing. Oh, hell no. Oh, and he black and nobody helping him. So the white guy did try. You say, I, I trust you. What, what they do in the NBA? You know, when they be trying to act like they're going to fight, they be waiting for somebody to bring it up. How hard did he try? Let me stop. Let me stop. Good job for trying, bro. I don't know. I didn't see you in the video. I'm glad you at least tried. But all, all things considered, the serious thing about that is, is like, People are ignorant. <laughs> like, I am such a Donald Downer when I go out. Because I'm always like, yo, people ignorant. I'm going to a concert this Sunday and I can't wait. And then part of me can wait. Because I know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, these people going to act a donkey up in there. And you know it. And dog, I went to a YG concert. One time it got shot up. That's, that's when he first came out. That was way, way back. I went to another one. Why I do that again? Okay. Yeah, that part. Um, it was so many bloods up in there. And you know, when you go to a party and it's Crips, it's different because blue just blends. Like, you, the sky is blue. Like, you just, it's just blue. I'm wearing blue right now. Do I look like a Crip? This whole set is blue. This is Crip City. But if it's red, maybe I'm just post-traumatic stress. Maybe I'm PTSD. When it's all red and they shoestrings and they laces and they barrettes, I'm like, man, this ain't, this don't feel right. Man, them people was in there banging and I was in there shook. And that's how it is because I'm old. And I'm just trying to get home, man. All right, y'all, let's get into it with a Hall of Famer. We got to show my man some love. We know who was in the building. Let me put an earpiece in for this segment. Got my man Cobra in the building. Give him some love, Cobra. What it do, baby? Hey, man, once again, thank you for the, uh, you know, the Wiley's World segments. You've given us a voice, so we appreciate it. But you know what today is, right? 
today is what? would you rather Wednesday, right? Yes, would sir. you rather yes, Wednesday? Sir. So, like, just for an example, I might give you a question like, uh, if you were the brother that swam to support the gentleman getting jumped in the Alabama Riverboat Brawl, uh, which internet name would you rather have? Would you rather be known as Scuba Gooden Jr. or Michael B. <laughs> Phelps? <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. That's you would dope. say neither because that's just rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Those are two good ones. Oh, you've been on that net. All right, give me some. Let me go get something. Let me go. All right, here we go. Here we go. So, um, which NFL roster would you rather build around? So you have the number one QB, you know, probably Mahomes, and the number mm -hmm. twenty defense. So it's probably like the Titans or the Panthers. Or flip mm -hmm. that, would you rather have the number one defense, probably the Niners or like the Bills? Or and have the number 20 QB. So like Derek Carr or Matthew Stafford. So number one quarterback and 20 defense or number one defense, 20 quarterback. Mm, I can answer that. Give me the, the best quarterback and I'll do the rest. Give me the best at the most important position and I'll do the rest. Let me tell you why. Just like I'm PTSD with them bloods when I was out there at the concert. Uh, my PTSD about having a number one defense because I played on not one, but two number one defenses and you know what I mean rings I got none <laughs> you know what I'm saying zero that's man look number one defense you lose a game six to three and that's a hell of a game for a defense and that's a sorry game for your offense and it ain't good enough man I lost my music city miracle we had a tremendous defense I think that final score was like 18 to 17 they say if you hold a team under 21 you're supposed to win we did that a whole lot and still didn't win a Super Bowl oh. so Always best quarterback. Oh, dang. You know what? Originally, I was going to pick uh, number one defense. And then when you said that, you made me think. <laughs> I remember being on teams where you had a quarterback. You're like, oh, man, we about to be struggling this season. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hell, yeah. If you ain't got that QB, you almost like, man, why should I keep going to practice? This ain't going to work out, <laughs> dog. This, I know how this going to end. So, yeah, that's the most important position for a reason. All right. You switched my mind. I agree with you. So the second sure. question, this is funny because this is uh, similar to your uh, community post, right? So mm -hmm. you got them for two seasons. That's your chance to help you win a chip. Which LeBron would you rather have? Would you rather have LeBron from the Heat or LeBron from the second stint Cavs? So just to give you some mm. background, on the Heat, he went 27-7-7. and uh, when he returned to the Cavs, he went 26, 7, and 8. So similar numbers. But which one? Ah, uh, just LeBron? Because, look, it's really the conversation for me is not just the LeBron. Is do I get do I get Dwayne Wade and Bosh or am I getting Kyrie and Kevin Love? Now, as soon as you say Kyrie, I want that LeBron, that guy. Woo! Them suckers there when they when they were healthy together. Oh, he was electric, right? Um I would take the Cavs version because he got hardened. Something about his resolve changed after that heat experience. Because, you know, he went in in the first year and they didn't win it. And, you know, they got cocky, talking that trash to the math. They didn't win it. And then the last one, they didn't win with the Spurs. So it's like, ah, he got two of the four. When I think, you know, we all were thinking like they were. Not three, not four, not five. You know what I mean? And then you show up with two, it almost feels like underwhelming. And you're like, wait a minute, I want a LeBron who is like living through an underwhelming experience with a, something to prove. 
And that's who he was in Cleveland. And that's how they beat the number one team in the regular season of all time, Golden State Warriors, because he had that level of chip on his shoulder. All right, so I agree with you again. Like, the Heat LeBron, high-flying, mega-athlete, right? But that second round with the Cavs, he had that experience. He was more mature. He was calm. He was just doing his thing. He was dominant, you know what I mean? So I agree with you on that one too, man. Yes, sir. That dog. All right, man. We got another one, and that's it for the Cobra. I think that's it. Oh, that's it. That's it. I'm going to go head over to your shop, though. Pick me up one of them shirts. I got a couple that I'm eyeing. I'm like, I'm going to go scoop one. So, hey, thanks for having me on again, man. Oh, much love to you, Cobra. I don't know what the owl or Cobra and the owl. I don't know what the, <laughs> he like nature or something. <laughs> Cobra, Cobra, you about to get ate up. Boy, Cobra be chilling in them chairs, though. He got two of them comfy boys. I love that, man. That's my dog right there. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we finish off every show with a Wiley-ism. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. What the superior man seeks is in himself. What the small man seeks is in others. Yes. I'm not going to try and confuse y'all because Confucius said it best right there. Oh, man, look at him. Ah, this is tough. I learned this one. It hit me in the chest the hardest during the pandemic. Tell you why. Because obviously during the pandemic, everyone had to sort and sift and change and shift our user behavior with this world, right? How did we use this world? You had to use it differently. Whether you were just stuck in the house, whether you were on one extreme, like mass, I ain't going around nobody, sanitizer everywhere, spraying up everything, or you were one of those people like, oh man, I don't trust the jab and forget y'all, I'm out here living my normal life as much as I can, right? Whatever. But what I noticed was it went in different directions. That was my first thought. The second thought was, wow, Everybody is leaning into something. A lot of causes. You know, BLM was taking over. Um, a lot of people were talking about what is going on in our country and the racial divide, right? And then the wealth divide, everything. Government, right? And I was just looking around. And then I started to realize, like, you know, ain't no superheroes in this world. Not on the outside. You got to be your own superhero. And it really hit me in the chest during that time. I'm watching people, you know, you watch their Instagram. One day it's just a black post. Then you look at the Instagram. It's another cause and it's another thing. And I'm like, what about you and your inner power? What about you saving your damn self? So this is one thing I know from my experience. And I think it really gets attacked by people saying, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And they attack people who say, no. I'm talking about inner power. I'm talking about you being greater than your greatest excuse. I'm talking about you being greater than your circumstances. I couldn't grow up with a belief that I was going to get help. I just didn't. You know, it came. I had support system. I had friends. I had family. I guess welfare counts as government support for most of my life growing up. But in reality, I always had a mindset that whatever I want out there, I got to get it from in here. And I don't think a lot of people showed me that of late that that's how you look at it. I think a lot of people had their hands out, their aspirations out. They had their vision out looking for that support. When I was like, dog, everything you really want on the outside, it materializes on the inside, right? That's why there's a process and, and everyone's overnight success takes forever because you got to work on you to go get what you want out there. So I just noticed that the superior man seeks it in himself. 
Oh, I want that. I want that. You, you fill in the blanks of what that is. You want that. Don't wait for somebody to give it to you. Don't look at others and be like, yo, what's up? And I used to hate the homie who had capabilities, right? Who was intelligent, who had ability and was sitting there looking at me like, hook me up, Wiley. I was like, dog, won't you do you? <laughs> I got you. We could do this together, but do you too. And the cats be like, nah, nah, you got it. You got it. And we all been there before, right? So just want y'all to be reminded that I don't care what it is. Go inside here and go get it, man. You want it out there? Find it in here first. Because what the superior man seeks is in himself. What the small man seeks is in others. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, Dad Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.